First and foremost, inshallah ta'ala, before we get into the class of the tafsir of the Qur'an through the seer of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as a quick point of continuation from the Jumu'ah, or khutbah Jumu'ah, that I believe is very beneficial, inshallah ta'ala, which I did not mention is, we encourage each other in the khutbah, in the Jumu'ah, to seek knowledge, which is very important. And I made a slight mention of the fundamentals of our religion. Now, it's very important to know what the fundamentals of our religions are and the importance of fundamentals. So, for example, learning, for example, the stories of the prophets and, uh, for example, going to heart-softening lectures may not necessarily be from what? The fundamentals of the deen. The fundamentals of the deen are those things which the three questions are going to be asked in the grave are based upon. And fundamentals is very important because what you find amongst the Muslims nowadays, they go to many lectures, they go to many talks, but the simplest, basic fundamentals of the deen, they're not aware of it, which makes them fall into major mistakes. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he gave the example of a good word, what is it compared to? A good tree. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, مَثَلُ كَلِمَ طَيِّبَ كَشَجَرَةٍ طَيِّبَ The example of a good word is the example of a good tree. And what's the example of a good tree? What attribute does it have? Asluha thabitun. Its foundations are solid. So it's important to seek knowledge of foundations, fundamentals of the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal. And that's why the scholars say whoever doesn't have principles on foundations will never attain the objective. It doesn't matter how much knowledge you listen to, how much talks, but those fundamentals are very important. Now back to the class of the seerah, or the tafsir to the seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The last surah we looked at was Surah Al-Asr. And before that, we looked at Surah Al-Duha and Surah Al-Inshirah. And we said these two surah, they revealed, one was revealed in Amul Huzn, the year of sadness of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala promised the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَالَ Allah has not abandoned you or forsaken you. وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْتِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْضَى Allah is going to give you something you're going to be pleased with. So after Surah Al-Duha, or in the context of Surah Al-Duha, what happened? We know it was Amul Huzn, year of sadness. The wife of the Prophet Khadija passed away. Abu Talib passed away. The incident of Ta'if. So what did Allah Ta'ala give the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam after these incidences, this sad year? What happened? Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj. After that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to the Prophet in Surah 2, in Shirah, Inna ma'al usri yusra. With this hardship you're going through, comes ease. Because after Isra wa Mi'raj, after being rejected by the people of Ta'if, if you continue to look for the tribes, sometimes they'll spit in his face, sometimes they'll abuse him, but Allah promised them, with hardship is going to come, eases. And what happened after that? Al-Bay'a, Al-Aqaba, Al-Ula. The first pledge of Al-Aqaba from the Ansar. And the second pledge of what? Al-Aqaba, where they came back in multitudes to the Prophet and they said to him, we are ready for you to join us in Medina and we're going to protect you. So the last place we stopped in the seerah was on this, Al-Bay'a, Al-Aqaba, Al-Thaniya. And today we're going to move on to Bad'ul Hijrah, the beginning of the migration. But begin of migration of who? The Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet and not the Prophet himself. The Hijrah to Medina, we have to know first and foremost, for those of us who want to make Hijrah, 
Because hijrah from time immemorial, when I started practicing, is a buzzword. I want to make hijrah, I want to make hijrah, I want to make hijrah. And at the time we're living in now, with the current affairs and the affairs of the Muslims, especially in the West, everyone's talking about what? Hijrah, hijrah. It's the buzzword. I want to migrate. Even those people who initially were saying, we're born there, this is our country, we're never going to leave, even some of them, if I was to mention it, you'd be shocked. They're now saying hijrah. From the liberals and the secularists who want to make hijrah. So hijrah, we have to know that if we're going to follow the example of the Prophet ﷺ, the purpose of learning the seerah is to do what? Not just for stories, to follow those examples and implement it in our lives. So if we want to move from the land of the non-Muslims to a place we could practice our deen better, let's look at the seerah and look how the Prophet ﷺ or the Sahaba they did it. So first and foremost, there was hijrah ila al-Medina sabaqaha tamheed wa i'dad. The hijrah to Medina, what preceded it? Preparation. So if you want to make hijrah, the first thing is what? Preparation. And what are those two preparation and strategies from the Prophet ﷺ? He said, after the taqdeer, the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the planning of Allah, that that i'dad, that preparation is from two angles, two preparations. The first, i'dad fi shakhsiyatil muhajireen. The preparation and the groundwork for the personality of those who are making hijrah. The personality of those who are doing what? Making hijrah. The second preparation is to make sure the place they're going to is suitable and conducive for them to migrate to. So if you want to make hijrah, prepare yourself first and foremost, psychologically. And that's why Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala, in his book about the journey to Tabuk, he said al-hijrah. Migration should be preceded by the migration of what? Migration of the heart. And that's why I find many a times people migrate to Muslim countries and they say it's better for my children, it's better for my religion, or to places in Africa where Islam is better, but their hearts are still connected to the West. The body is left, but the mind is not left. The hearts have not left. Do you understand? You have to prepare yourself psychologically that no matter what comes, I'm here to stay. I know some people that migrated to the West, that went to places like Yemen, for example, and other places in Africa, but their mind had left first, that they never ever thought of ever going back because the mind and the heart has left. So he prepared the Sahaba And how did he prepare the Muhajireen? Lam takun al-hijra nuzha. For them, unlike the time we're living in today, the hijrah for them was not a vacation. It wasn't a holiday. They were not going in hijrah to go and relax. Like go on holiday, go and relax our mind. Nor was the hijrah as risk to go and seek provision. Yes, when they got there, they looked for means to provide for themselves and their family. But the main objective for them was not what? To go and look for money. And they were ready to lose. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam prepared them that leaving Makkah, they're going to leave the country and the land they're from. And for all of us as expats here, we could recognize this and feel it to leave where you're born, where you grew up. It's very painful to do that. Not only leaving their land behind, they're going to leave their family behind. You know how difficult that is. I was teaching in a school in Saudi Arabia, international schools, and most of the students there, they're expat students, and most of the teachers, if not all, are expats. So the story in this uh, grade three book, and every year without fail, 
when I read this story to the children, they'll cry, most of the children. It's about a girl who had to leave her country. Very moving story. And when you look at the Sahaba عنهم, and the Prophet وسلم, when he left Mecca, how did he leave Mecca? He left Mecca and he turned around with tears in his eyes. And he said, Lola, if it was not for the people who expelled me from you, I'll never have left you. With tears in his eyes. And we have this feeling, but the Sahaba were prepared. This is their land. This is where they grew up. They left their family behind. Not only family behind, they left with nothing. All their businesses, all their wealth, they left it all behind. Because the Mushikin were like, you could leave, but you're not taking your wealth with you. And some of them were very wealthy. They left it all behind. So the first thing is to prepare ourselves and our families. Because I know many people that go back because of their families. Yes, you psychologically prepared yourself. And then you realize, I'm here for me. My children are not here with me. Their mind is still in England. I'm here for me. My wife doesn't want to be here. So many brothers, they go back to what is worse for themselves because of their families. You need to prepare yourself, your wives, and your children psychologically. And that tarbiyah was tarbiyah of iman. With iman. With iman. So the Prophet ﷺ, he prepared them like this. And that's why the ayat al makiyyah that came down, we said in Arqam, Ibn Abu Arqam was about Iman, building the Iman. And some of them were related specifically to Hijrah. So in Surah Zumar, Zumar, verse 10, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is a Makiya verse, Allah ta'ala says, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا رَبَّكُمْ لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُوا فِي هَذِهِ الدُّنْيَا حَسَنًا Oh my servants, those who believe, fear Allah. For those who do good in this dunya, they'll receive good. And what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say after that? For you to do this good. No, Allah's earth is vast. So this was an indication to do what? Do good. And to do that good, you need to go a place where it's conducive. Allah's earth is hisab. For those who are patient, they'll receive their rewards without measure. After that came down ayat, makiyya, like in Surah Al-Kahf. Where is Hijrah mentioned in Surah Al-Kahf? The story of Fitiyah, the young men that left their people. And they went into the cave. So these ayats, they came down in Mecca. Likewise, ayat, such as the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Nahl, verse 41 to 42. Allah ta'ala says, hajaru fi min ba'di ma dhulimu fi dunya hasana Subhanallah. Allah Ta'ala says for those who are oppressed and due to their oppression you have people in the Muslim world today they're oppressed and they left for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala the Guru practice their deen Allah Ta'ala said will give them a good abode a good abode in another ayah Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said man yuhajir whoever leaves a place for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will find upon the face of the earth much provision and vastness Allah's earth is vast put your trust in Allah you find it and I know many people they've done this of course you take the necessary precautions and they find it upon the face of the earth and some of these people when they left they had nothing they put their trust in what? in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and some of them don't even make the journey there was an old man at the time of the Prophet he said I want to make hijrah to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And an old man, not getting on a train, or bus, or plane, they have to go through the deserts. And in going through the desert, he really wanted to make this hijrah. He passed away in the desert. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the ayah. Whoever makes an attempt to do the hijrah, 
and he didn't complete it his reward is falling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all this sahabi wanted to do was to go to the Prophet sallallahu put his hand in his hand and give him the bay'ah the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after the death of sahabi he took his hand out and he said this is his hand this is his bay'ah this is a pledge of allegiance because he made that journey he made that journey so Allah ta'ala revealed that revealed his ayah to prepare them their hearts for hijrah know what is better for you if you see things with a view of the hereafter there's no way you're going to go back to those countries if you don't have to if you see things with the view of what's better for your children in the future there's no way you're going to go back there no way but people women fitna children people go back secondly was to make sure the place is conducive what is conducive for me may not be conducive for you the prophet had in mecca al-ansar i have in Nigeria, I have my Ansar, I have my Ruhd, I have my tribe, I have my clan, I have my people. And that's why brothers have been advising me for a long time, go back home, go back home, go back home. Because reality, you know, innocent to prove Muslim. Reality, you're brown, you're not British. I'll tell you that straight in your face. If you do something good, you win a race, you're a footballer, British, number one, British. You commit a crime, Mr. Abu Hanifa of Nigerian origin. That will always come up. Do not deceive yourself. So home is where you're accepted. That's home. So he made sure the place was conducive. So there's certain places you could go, for example, you live on a year-to-year -year basis on a, what they call it, a resident visa. You can't really settle in those places. Look for a place you could settle and you're going to have help and assistance. It's very important. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam made sure it was ready. Now the hijrah will begin. So how did the hijrah begin? After bay'aqab al-ula wa thaniya, the harms of the mushrikeen increased. The types of tortures they used to do, they stepped up their game. They were torturing in ways they never done before, abusing in ways they never abused before. So the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, they went to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and they complained to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said after this, after they much complaining, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, I've seen in a dream the place of the Hijrah, your place of migration. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, I've seen the place of your Hijrah. It is a land which has much date palms. And that's one of the things, SubhanAllah, you notice when you get into Medina. For those of you being, the first thing as soon as you arrive, you see the date tree, subhanAllah. How much I miss Saudiya. And as soon as you enter Medina, you have, subhanAllah, this sakina in your heart. I don't know where it comes from, this peace and tranquility. He said it's a land of much date palms. A few days later, the Prophet said, I've been told of where now you should go. He said, that place is the land of much date palms. And the Prophet ﷺ said, that place is Yathrib. One of the names of Medina is Yathrib. Yathrib. As soon as the Sahaba عنهم, heard this, the Prophet ﷺ said to them, فَمَنْ أَرَادَ الْخُرُوجِ فَلْيَخْرُجِ Whoever wants to leave, let him leave. So now the Sahaba عنهم, they started to leave immediately. They didn't even hold on. And from the first, and we should know these names, of our heroes, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ from the first, the pace setters that Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, from the first to leave 
was Abu Salma. Abu Salama. Abu Salama before that, I don't the Hijra to where? Abyssinia. So from the first to leave for the Hijra to, to Medina was Abu Salama. And his name was Ibn Abdul Asad. Ibn Abdul Asad. The second to leave after him was Amir ibn Rabi'ah. Amir ibn Rabi'ah ma'imra'atihi Layla bint with his wife. And his wife's name was Layla bint Abi Hathma. Layla, the daughter of Abi Hathma. She is the first woman to make the hijrah. Layla bint Abi Hathma, the first woman to make the hijrah to join the Prophet in Medina. After her, the companions of the Prophet started to leave one by one by one by one. And the person that will receive them, will receive them in Al-Quba, which is on the outskirts. It's in Medina, in Quba. They will receive there, and it was the Imam in that location. And his name was Ab uh, Salim. Salim, and he was the Mawla, the first free slave of Abi Hudayfa. So when the Muslims started to leave for the Hijrah to Medina, the Quraysh, and they realized this, their torture also increased. And they looked for many ways to stop the Sahaba leaving. So when the first group, the small group, reached Medina, do you know what the Ansar did? When they saw this first group, that this was serious, they making Hijrah, the Ansar, they left Medina. They went to Mecca and brought them themselves to make sure they couldn't be attacked. They acted as bodyguards. They brought them all. Nobody remained in Makkah except for the Prophet Abu Bakr, Ali, and those who were too weak to leave. They made sure they all came. They brought them physically to Medina. So the only people that remained were these people. And the Quraysh after that, before these people left, they tried many ways to stop them leaving. They tried kidnapping, like people do today. They tried stripping people from their wives and their children. And they tried al-habsu, which is imprisonment. So the first thing they tried was to divide or separate between a man, his son, and his wife. Umm Salama radiallahu anha, a story is an amazing story that shows the strength and the resolve and the yaqeen and the iman of the women in that time. Umm Salama radiallahu anha, the mother of the believer, the wife of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And what was her name? Hind. Her name was Hind. She would have been the first woman to make the hijrah, as we will see from this story. And not who? Layla bint Abi Hathma. She would have been Umm Salama. So Umm Salama radiallahu anha went on to narrate her story. She said, when the order of hijrah was given, Ajma'a Abu Salama al-Khuruj ila al-Madina. He prepared to go to Medina. And he got the camel and he put me upon the camel. And with me was my son, Salama, and I had him on my lap. And Abu Salama was walking and pulling the camel by his rein. And as he was pulling it by his rein, she said, we were seen by men of Bani Mughira. Bani Mughira is her tribe. Ibn Abdul Umar, Bani Makhzum, that's her tribe. فَقَامُوا إِلَيْهِ فَقَالُوا هَذِي غَلَبْتَنَا As for your own self, we've really tried with you, Abu Salama. But we've given up on you. You've defeated us. We, we can't do anything about you anymore. As for this daughter of ours, she's not going with you. You can go. 
But this daughter, because she's from their tribe, she's not going with you. This is our daughter. Although she's your wife, she's our daughter. So now they started to attack and they dragged her off the riding of the camel. When the tribe, and this is subhanAllah, the Sharif of tribalism, Banu Asad, the tribe of Abu Salam, and they saw this, they became enraged. And they said, okay, take your daughter, but this child is our son. So a battle ensued. They started to pull the son from Banu Mughira until they dislocated his arm. And they took him. They dislocated his arm, they took him. Banu Asad, the tribe of Abu Salama. So now imagine you as a father. They've taken your wife because of the hijrah. They've dislocated your son's arm and they've taken. What would you do? You know what, khalas, I stay behind. I can't leave my family situation. What did Abu Salama did? Continue to Medina. Subhanallah. Just like Ibrahim alayhi salam, when Allah Ta'ala ordered him to leave his family in a valley. And the ayah always, move, always moves me. Where Allah Ta'ala says, Ibrahim said, Rabbana, O our Lord, inni askantu min dhurriyyati biwadin ghayri zar'in. I've left in my family in a place, no water, no vegetation, nothing. And when he left them, Hajar was shot. How can you leave us here? Allahu amaraka bihada. I swear by Allah. Did he tell you to do this? He said, Ibrahim alayhi salam, leaving his wife and a newborn baby there. He didn't answer her. He just turned around. He didn't say a single word. They said the maximum he did, he just nodded. That's what he did. But look at the Iman of Hajar. The nodding alone, she said, if Allah has ordered you with this, then you'll abadan. He will never abandon us. Go. So Ummu Salama, she didn't blame Abu Salama. Just like brothers have to leave sometimes to go to a certain place to work for a few months to bring their families and leave them alone. She didn't blame. And that's nothing compared to this. So Abu Salama went. Ummu Salama said, after this, Benu Asad took my son. And my own tribe, they held me in captivation. They imprisoned me for up to a year. She said, for a whole year, I'll go out to that place where this incident happened in the morning and I'll cry till the evening every single day until she said one of the men from her tribe Rahimani had mercy upon me so when he saw her crying all the time he asked Umu Salama that what is making you cry she said I want to go to my husband I want to be with my husband so this man he went to the tribe of Banu Mughira and he said to them Allah would you not allow this woman to leave and go You've, you've separated her from her husband, her son. The tribe then said to Umm Salama, Ilhaqi bizawjiki, go to your husband. As for us helping you, we're not going to do nothing. Go. As for Banu Asad, they gave her her son back. Go. How is a woman going to go to the desert? If you've been to Mecca, Medina, even if you're doing 120, 180, between, sorry, yeah, Mecca, Medina, it's about four hours. And that's like when you put your foot down. So imagine in those days, by herself as well. So she said, go. Umm Salama, she don't hesitate. She said, radiallahu ta'ala anha, I went straight away, I climbed up top of my camel, I took my son upon my lap, and I went by herself. She said, I went by myself until I reached Tan'im, what they call Masjid Aisha. She said, until I reached Tan'im. Upon reaching Tan'im, she said, I saw Uthman ibn Talha, ibn Abi Talha, and he used to be the one in Jahiliyyah, he was a, he was a mushrik, he used to hold the key to the Kaaba. So when he saw her, he shocked in Tan'im by yourself. He said to her, that, Ila ya binta Abi Umayya. Where are you going, daughter Abu Umayya? She said, Uridu zawji bil Medina. I'm going to my husband in Medina. 
So he asked her, Is there anybody with you? She said, La wallahi, nobody is with me, illallah wa binayhab, except for Allah, my son. He said to her after that, Wallahi, I swear to you by Allah, ma laki min mutrik, you're not abandoned, I'm going to go with you. This mushrik at that time, radiallahu anhu, Uthman ibn Abi Talha, he said, you stay on the camel with your son, and he held the camel by his rein and walked with her to Medina. She said, Umm Salama radiallahu anha, فَوَاللَّهِ مَا صُحِبْتُ رَجُلًا مِنَ الْعَرَبِ قَدْ أَرَى أَنَّهُ كَانَ أَكْرَمْ مِنْهُ I've never been in the company of any man from amongst the Arab that was more noble and generous than this man. She said, whenever we reach a resting spot, it will come to the camel, make the camel kneel down, because you know how high the camel is, right? It will kneel down and I'll come off. Once I am off, it will take the camel away and rest on the tree far away from me. When we're ready to move on again, it will bring the camel, make it sit down, I climb on top, it'll go away while I climb on top of the camel, it'll walk away, it won't even look at me. Once I've climbed on my ready, it'll come back and pull the camel again. No free mixing. And this is a man in Jahiliyyah. And she said, he did this with me every day because it took days and every day he was doing this. She said, he did this every single day until we reach a village in Medina, Quba. Upon reaching the village, he said, your husband is in that village. And she was united with what? Her husband, Abi Salama. Subhanallah. In the story of Umm Salama, there's a lot of lessons. The first lesson is what Umm Salama she went through. That she said, Wallahi, ma a'lamu ahlil bayt fil Islam. I don't know any household in Islam that afflicted with that which was afflicted with. Or any other person that I've seen more honorable than Uthman ibn Abi Talha. The first lesson we learn from this is that despite whatever Quraysh did to stop them from making the hijrah, they still made the hijrah because the iman was in their heart. The second lesson we learn from this is the athar al-iman, the effect of iman, when it's truly taking a firm place in their heart. That a woman who are da'ifa, who are weak, to see her husband going, her son taken away from her, that resolve to still leave. And also the resolve of who? Abu Salama. How many of us will leave our children and wives in that situation? That when Iman is in the heart, the effect of Iman. Also, the action of Uthman ibn Abi Talha, in that for us is a lesson. He was a mushrik. He was a kafir at that time. He accepted Islam just before the conquest of Makkah. Look at the period between the two. And yet he had this in him. This shows us that as the Prophet ﷺ said, People are like minerals, as Allah has created them, like gold and silver. Some people by their nature, they like gold, even if they're kafirs. And some people by their nature, they're silver. And even gold, there's different karats of gold and silver. So by the way Allah has created him, he had that in him. And there's some people like this, even from the non-Muslims, that they have certain qualities. And also added to that was the muru'ah. The Arabs had certain customary behavior and cultures in them that existed in the Arabs. That's one of the things that made him have this behavior. So, number one is that. Number, no, number three is the servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He did so, who controlled his heart will make them do it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That if you do something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah with the hearts between his two fingers, 
will make the creation subservient to you. That people will do you favors, you don't even know why. And that's what Ibrahim والسلام, when he left his family in that valley, he said, I've left them. Yes, to establish the salah and to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he asked Allah for one thing after that. What did he say? Make the hearts become attracted to them. People have mercy upon them. So Allah Ta'ala is the one that controls the hearts. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala made his heart soften to Ummu Salama and Asalama. But again, back to the action of Uthman ibn Abi Talha. Some people may ask today, where are the Arabs from these attributes and these etiquettes that we said is part of the Arab nature, how they dealt with women. But we shouldn't only ask where the Arabs today, because he's an Arab, but he was a what? A mushrik. We should ask ourselves, where are the Muslims today? Men, with what we see happening around the world, that 10, 15, 20 riyal in some of these places goes a long way. That there are places in the world today that were initially built to take 10,000 women and children. In these places now, there's 70,000 women and children suffering, dying every day between, before our eyes. Where are us? Look at the action of this man as a mushrik. Where's the ummah? Look at the amount of orphans all around the world. And when I went on this journey recently, it was a real eye-opener. A real, real eye-opener. Because seeing physically is not like hearing. Even if I'm watching TV, being in the physical and the midst of it all, absolutely different. And I advise the brothers to please, not to go and look at these people, like go look at a zoo, or animal in a zoo, but to go there and feel what they feel, so it will help you to do something. It will make you do something. Look what Talha, uh, Ibn Talha, what he did. So we should ask ourselves, where are the men and where is these etiquettes amongst us today? Where are the etiquettes of this behavior of Uthman Ibn Abi Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu? Also, like we said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he brings causes and means for his awliya, his servants. The second means by which the Quraysh thought they could stop the people making hijrah was al-ikhtitaf, kidnap. But they knew they couldn't just kidnap the Sahaba like that because they were men. But they'll trick them to come back and then they'll kidnap them and stop them from leaving again. Inshallah ta'ala, next week we're going to al-ikhtitaf and habs, how they used to kidnap and imprison the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Is there any questions inshallah?